Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue with our Provoke the Pastor series, in which congregation members of Heritage Bible Church submit questions to Pastor Jim. Please follow along as our pastor exercises the sufficiency of Scripture to answer various questions in today's slice of this week's message entitled, More Pastoral Popery. God is in control. It is purposeful. Look at Psalm 135, 6 and 7. Psalmist writes, Whatever the Lord pleases, He does. Now, you can ask Scott Basolo. He's far better at Hebrew than I am, but I'm pretty sure that the exact Hebrew meaning of that is, whatever the Lord pleases, He does. In heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all the deeps, He causes the vapors to ascend from the ends of the earth. He who makes lightnings for the rain, He who brings forth the wind from His treasures. Every bolt of lightning is totally in the plan of God coming down at exactly the point that God wanted it to happen at the time that God wanted it to happen for a purpose. What? Lightning for a purpose? It, it destroys things. You ever seen lightning hit a tree and explode it because it vaporizes all the sap? Well, what good can that be? Ask him when you get there. And trust Him now, He is in control of it. Now, for a believer in Jesus Christ, it is especially clear what God is doing in every circumstance. Don't let yourself get stuck in that bog of saying, I just don't know what the Lord is doing. Yes, you do if you read His Word. It is absolutely clear. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, For I am confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. What did God begin in you in the day that he adopted you as his child? He began to sanctify you. He began to teach you how to live holy for his glory. He is perfecting his work in you, step by step, piece by piece, day by day, incident by incident. Everything that comes your way is part of God's plan to make you more like Jesus Christ in His character, in your character. You know Psalm 139, 16, famous words, and in your book they were all written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was not one of them. God knows when you're going to die. I don't. You know, I, I, there's statistics that say you're going to probably be kind of in this age group or this, this range, but it could happen on the way home from church. It could happen before you leave here today. You don't know, but God is in charge. We're living in the days of this prolonged panic 
where it's very popular to panic about things that we have no control over. And then let's argue about the best way to panic over the things that are going on. And my panic is more spiritual than your panic. We're, we're doing some really stupid stuff these days. We collectively, our world. We got to make sure we don't act like that in the church. My friends, I will say to you, if God deems that it is best for you in His process of sanctifying you, you will get COVID-19. Now, what do you do with it? Well, I hope you survive it. I'll pray that you survive it. I'll hope that you do. But look, who's in charge? Who is in control of your life? And if you understand the right answer to that question, then, well, relax. Rest in His goodness. Why, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus. I heard those words pretty recently this morning. Now, we also know that we have this fantastic verse that you probably have memorized, Romans 8, 28. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Look, God's going to cause all events that touch your life to work together for good, the good that He has designed for you. Go ahead and read the whole whole chapter of Romans 8. And you'll understand what God's good design is for you. Now, that doesn't mean that God is the author of something evil, that He is, is um, directly responsible for a tragedy caused by somebody's negligence or, or malevolence or just flagrant hatred of God. But He will use that for your good if you love Him and you are called according to His purpose. Now... How about the other part of the question? Is it different for unbelievers? Well, yes and no. No, it's not any different. God wants to use those situations for that person's good. They just don't understand what the good is. For unbelievers, everything that happens is a part of the design of God to show through His creation and His providence in the unfolding of history that these people should take the opportunity to come to know Him through Jesus Christ. He is offering. The invitation is always there. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. He loved the world so that He gave His only begotten Son so that whoever believes in Him can have eternal life. Every situation in life should be interpreted that way by a person to come to the knowledge, I need a Savior. Well, the problem is they suppress the truth. Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also uh, to the Greek. But skip down two verses. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, because that which is known about God is evident within them. 
For God made it evident to them. For since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes, His eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood through what has been made, so that they are without excuse. For an unbeliever, there is no excuse. They have everything they need, but they, they suppress it in their blindness. And so they need to have the, the blinders removed. And that is a supernatural work accomplished only by the Spirit of God who, who takes the spiritually dead and makes them alive. So yes, everything happens for a reason. Always within the plan of God. It's our responsibility to respond to whatever happens by applying Scripture wisely and seeking to be ever more holy in our conduct. Okay? And here's the provoke the pastor segue. We're changing subjects. Next question. What is the evidence for the rapture of the, for, for the pre-tribulation rapture of the church. Didn't get the question on the screen, but you just heard it. The, the rapture is the moment in which God removes all believers in Christ from the world. How long will it take? A moment. A twinkling of an eye, and I'll show you that passage. Now, the fact of the rapture is very clear. The most famous passage is 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. Paul had visited Thessalonica. He'd founded the church there. He had heard questions from them about, well, what about, um, you know, Uncle Phineas, he, he died believing in Christ. You know, where does he stand in the, in the plan of God? A question was something like that, and he writes, But we do not want you to be uninformed, brethren, about those who are asleep, Christians who've died so that you will not grieve as do the rest who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, the dead in Christ are not forgotten I have a plan for that. That's the essence of what he is saying there. Now, I want to acknowledge a couple of things. One is that there are people who believe the gospel exactly as we do, who are on their way to heaven, who change their method of interpretation when they get to prophetic portions of Scripture. And uh, there's some preachers that I, that I love, one that has a particularly charming Scottish accent who I've listened to on this passage, and he can say in the most charming, disarming, friendly, honorable way that it doesn't, that it doesn't mean what it says. So as I said, I, I, don't, I don't know where people get this idea of this, of this secret rapture. And I want to say, secret? 
a shout, the voice of the archangel and the trumpet, that's not going to be a secret. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.